I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. I'm going to go ahead and uh, review. I always like to yeah, I always like to review really quickly and then go into what we were unable to get into the last time we met. Um, we talked about the Holy Spirit, how he doesn't draw attention away from Jesus. He always points to Jesus, who's the key figure in all of God's plan. Um, the basic foundation is what we practice, and that is looking on the inside of us because the Holy Spirit is within us. In the Old Testament, he came upon the prophets, the priests, and the kings. And now in the New Testament, we are the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit. As God has said, I'll dwell in them, I'll walk in them. I'll be their God. They'll be my people. Um, we said that he is a person, that the spirit himself makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. He is a person. Um, he is a person in the third person, masculine gender. He is not an it. The third person, uh, not an it in the third person, neuter gender. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the, of the Trinity. He has a mind, will, and emotions, and he takes up his abode on the inside of you and I. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We said that we have another comforter on the inside of us, that Jesus, when he walked the earth, he was the everything to them. He was the teacher. He was the guide. He was everything. When we started telling the disciples that he was going to be going away, he said, don't worry about it. I'm going to send you another comforter, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, and he's going to remain with you forever. Um, We talked about meditating, that we have another person living on the inside of us and focusing on our inward man, the hidden man of the heart, and drawing inward and becoming more God-inside-minded. And we're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about all these things because it's laying a foundation for us to teach and operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Okay, so we want we talked a little bit about his ministry. I didn't talk, say too much about it, but Jesus said um, that the Holy Spirit, according to John 16, 5 through 11, <clears throat> he has a ministry to the lost and to the church. To the lost, his ministry is to convict and convince them of their need for Jesus to the church. He's, uh, he guides us, he teaches us, he strengthens us. All I have to say, he anoints us. I thank God for the Holy Spirit. I thank God that he helps all of us to minister and all of us to counsel and all of us to be able to win people to Jesus. It is the Holy Spirit that we have. It, he is the agent of God in the earth. We talked about his person and his personality, that he is a mind. He is an intelligent being. We said he searches. He who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit. We said that the Holy Spirit always acts with wisdom and intelligence. We said he is an intelligent being. He is intelligent. 
um, we said that that word wisdom in Ephesians 1 is Sophia, and it's the insight into the true nature of things. So wisdom is the, is the insight into the true nature of things. He is the spirit of wisdom. Um, we said that because of his wisdom um, and intelligence and insight into the true nature of things, he guided and directed key missionary movements in definite specific ways. And that's what I love about the Holy Spirit is he's helping, you know, helping to build the church. And Jesus said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against us. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to continue with his person and his personality. And we're going to talk about the fact that he has a will, which kind of it, it introduces us to the gifts of the spirit. I'm happy that we're going to be able to at least start here because it does introduce us. So if you have a Bible, I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. The Holy Spirit has a will. Okay. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says that, um, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Now, we're going to get into this as we move into the understanding of the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are a plus. They are not a minus. And we need to covet them. We need to earnestly desire them. The Holy Spirit desires to manifest. And they are a plus. They are not a minus. And that's why I think it's good to, to teach on them because it builds our faith and our confidence in, in the workings of, the, of God and, the, and his Spirit. So the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Now verse 11, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he, what? As he wills. So the Holy Spirit, has a will and we can't will <clears throat> to operate in the gifts of the spirit it's up to the holy spirit not only to distribute gifts but it's up to the holy spirit to manifest them as he wills now can we desire the gifts of the spirit to manifest absolutely it's according to your earnest expectation and hope we could desire them we can covet them the bible teaches us that we're going to get into that later we can covet them, we can desire them, but ultimately it's up to the Holy Spirit to manifest as he wills. So the Holy Spirit has a will. Now, I'm going to give you a, a story that happened to me years ago when I had graduated from Bible school. I was sitting in a conference with Kenneth E. Hagen and it was, they used to call them um, camp meeting, you know, camp meeting, it's, you know, the old Southern camp meeting. And we were, uh, it was thousands and thousands and thousands of people there. 
And I was a young girl. I was, you know, just graduated from Bible school. I believe it was the second year, if I'm not mistaken. And I remember sitting in the balcony in the in the in the stadium, and I was sitting there, and I was just minding my own business. I was just worshiping God and not even thinking about anything. And all of a sudden, like I felt it was like two baseballs, the size, two balls about the size of a baseball drop into my mouth and into my spirit, into my innermost being. And I was like, what just happened? And when that happened, I went into a place of, I call it in the spirit. I was still conscious. I was still there, but I was very conscious that something very supernaturally had happened. And then Ken Jr., Kenneth E. Hagen's son, got up and he stopped the service and the worship. He said, and this is a word of knowledge, okay? This is a word of knowledge. We're gonna teach on all this, but this is a word of knowledge. He said, there's people in here tonight, he said, that is, is, are receiving gifts from the Holy Spirit. Tonight, he is distributing gifts as he wills. And I knew I was one of them because I literally physically felt something drop into my mouth, two of them on the inside of me. And so that night, the Holy Spirit made a decision that he was going to distribute gifts. Why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, so that, so that the church can go forward, so that the church can be built, so that the church can be strengthened, so that people who were going to be called and sent out would be equipped to do what God had called them to do. And that's why we have the gifts of the spirit. That's why we have the Holy Spirit, because we can't do this in our own human effort. The Apostle Paul said, my speech and my teaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power so that your faith wouldn't rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And unfortunately, there's a lot of ministries and, and churches and things that are being built by the wisdom of men and not by the power of God. And, and I believe we need, you know, we need both. We need wisdom, sound thinking, and we need the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So point being, the Holy Spirit has a will and he knows the needs and he knows how to get the job done. And what he wants you and I to do is he wants us just simply to yield to him. Unfortunately, there's people that have gifts on the inside of them, they're not being stirred up. That's why the apostle Paul said, stir up the gift of God that is in you. And it's usually generally fear that keeps people from operating in their gift. And the apostle Paul says, God, God said, I've not given you a spirit of fear. Stir it up. You have a spirit of love and of power and a sound and well-balanced mind. Now, my natural personality is to be um, used to be actually not as much anymore, but I was always kind of fearful and, and timid and shy and just wanted to sit in the back of the church and mind my own business. And why do I have to do this? It's so uncomfortable. Well, God takes the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. God will take the weak people. God will take the broken people. God will take people who just say yes to him and he'll turn them upside down and around for his glory. Why? Because it's not of us. It's of God. You know, there's only one person that gets the glory for everything that's said and done. And it's the Lord Jesus Christ, because like we said, these gifts always point to Jesus. So, so anyway, so the Holy Spirit has a will. 
he also has emotions, okay? You know, this, this is important in our teaching because you'll see the Holy Spirit manifest as these, these operations come forth. You'll see at times his emotions in manifestation. And some of you who've been used in intercession, the gifts of the Spirit can operate in your prayer closet. Absolutely, 100%, no question about it. And, and sometimes when you're in the place of prayer, you may experience the emotions of the Holy Spirit that go along with what you're sensing or feeling on the inside. So the Holy Spirit has emotions. One of his emotions is joy. Uh, Romans 14, 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and what? Joy in the Holy Spirit. I mean, I remember one time I was speaking in a church and, and I, I got up to speak. And when I got up to speak, something just bursted. It was like a burst on the inside of me. And I just looked at, looked at everyone and the thought came up out of my heart. And the thought said, isn't it, isn't it funny that God uses women to, to, to preach the gospel? And I don't know, whatever reason, it just struck me really, it, it, the Holy Ghost came on me, he gave me that thought, and I just started laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing, and I couldn't stop. I was under the, I was under the influence of the Holy Spirit, and I just looked at the pastor, I'm just laughing and laughing and laughing, and so, you know, I, I just couldn't, it couldn't help it. It was the joy of the Holy Spirit in manifestation, and, and the pastor got up, you know, to try to take control of the service. And when he got up to the pulpit, he fell flat on the floor. And then he's rolling on the floor, laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing. And so it was a manifestation of joy, you know? And I think the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I, and I think that, you know, if the Holy Spirit desires to manifest like that, hey, I'm all for it, okay? So he has emotions. First Thessalonians 1, 5 and 6 says, For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Spirit, and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men were among you for your sake, and you became followers of us and of the Lord, receiving the word in much affliction with joy in the Holy Spirit, okay? So the joy of the Lord is our strength, and he'll give us the joy that we need when we need it. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about how to keep your joy. And this is also going to be a way whereby you can stir up the gifts of the spirit that are, um, that are on the inside of you. Um, it says in Ephesians 5, 18 through 20, it says, do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipated, which is not another translation says in excess, but be filled with the spirit. Okay. How do you stay filled with the spirit? If we want to operate in the gifts of the spirit, stay full of joy, flow in the Holy Ghost. What is one way we could stay filled with the Holy Spirit? Yes, those of us that speak in tongues, we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. We speak in tongues. But how do you stay filled? As a matter of fact, this word in the Greek, I don't know the exact word, but it actually says, be being filled. See, be being filled. So it says, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be being filled with the Spirit. How do you do that? Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody 
Where? In your heart. To who? To the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is a real key to being used in the gifts of the Spirit. One of the keys is stay filled with the Spirit. And it's actually very simple. When I teach on prayer, I call it continual, continual prayer. Continual prayer. You don't have to be on your knees. You don't have to be in a prayer closet. You don't have to be focused mm, like this. No, you can just continually sing unto the Lord in songs and hymns and spiritual songs. It's like an ever, um, it's an unending flow between you, your heart, and the heart of the Father. You know, that scripture says that we worship him, how? In spirit and in truth, the Father seeks those that would worship him. It's spirit to spirit. It's, it's um, stirring up the connection that you already have with God. And so that's something that personally, not only do I practice looking on the inside, and he'll be, here's something that will be our assignment until the next time we meet, but it's something that I practice literally every single day. For example, I may wake up in the morning and I may have a song in my heart. Maybe it's, you know, the, the song, this is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. And I, I'll wake up with the song. Let's say that's the song. I actually didn't know it, but it was actually the Holy Spirit pointing me to Jesus, helping me to keep my relationship with him fresh. But if I wake up with a song like that, number one, I use it in my closet time of prayer. But generally, that song will stay with me all day long. And I'll sing it over and over and over and over. And that's singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And it causes a, a stirring up. It causes a continual flow. It keeps the waters, John 7, 38, fresh coming up out of you and flowing through you. And then when you meet somebody, wherever you are, at a grocery store or wherever, because these gifts can operate anywhere, you're already filled. You're already flowing. You don't have to, you know, you're already there, so to speak. You're already in that space, so to speak. Do you understand what I'm saying? Remember, we said that some things are better caught than taught. So th this is this will be our exercise for, for the next couple weeks. I want you to practice speaking to yourself in your heart to the Lord, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. It could be a melody. It could be a melody that you make up. You know, you could take a scripture and you could turn it into a song. Lord, I thank you. You're my shepherd, I shall not want. And just sing it on the inside of you. You know, I love that. I love having that continual flow from my heart to the Father. And what I've learned about that is that you, you can draw so close to God, He draws close to you, and you walk around literally with a burning in your heart all day long. And that's intimacy. You know, if, if God said, I'll be a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And well, that I want that. I want to experience that friendship. You know, doesn't the Bible say in Exodus that God knew Moses face, Jesus, uh, Moses knew God face to face as a man speaks to a friend. 
you know, and then the scripture says Enoch walked with God. It just can be a continual prayer. So I just want to encourage you to, to do that over the next um, couple weeks. Okay, now the Holy Spirit, he definitely can be grieved, pained, hurt, or vexed. He can definitely be grieved. I've had him get grieved. I had him get grieved with me one, I mean, not one time. One of the, well, I've had many situations, but one of the ones that always stuck out to me was um, I was at Faith Fellowship. And, and a lot of times the way the gifts operate through me is I get scripture. And I like that because it's safe. <laughs> and I get a scripture. So I know what the Holy Spirit is saying, or I know what's going on, or I know what the need is by the scripture, because he'll give me the answer to the need. Are you with me? So I remember sitting in, in faith fellowship and oftentimes, you know, I would, I would not oftentimes, periodically, I, I would get a word at faith fellowship. Most of the time, Pastor David T. DeMola knew it. Sometimes he did not, but he trusted me. So if I raised my hand and mouthed to him that I had something, he let me give it. And I remember one time we were in a service that's why it's very important to know them that labor among you. You know, like I couldn't mouth to a, a pastor that doesn't know me. I have something. He doesn't know me. You know, the Holy Spirit, we'll get into this, is a God of order. And he, he honors the authority. And if that leader doesn't know me, you know, generally speaking, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And he's not going to drop a word inside of me because that leader doesn't know me. Are you listening? So anyway, I'm sitting in that service and um, I just heard on the inside of me, just as clear, a scripture. And none will lose their young by miscarriage nor be barren in the land. And with that scripture came the anointing. So I had the, then that I would say is a word of knowledge. It's a word of knowledge. There was somebody in there that was trying to get pregnant that couldn't get pregnant or it's only a word of knowledge, a word of what God knows. So it was either trying to get pregnant, couldn't get pregnant, or it was somebody who was having a mis had a miscarriage or several miscarriages. I don't know. We know in part, we prophesy in part. He doesn't tell us the whole story, okay? He just wants us to instantly obey his voice and meet the needs of the people. So I'm sitting there and that anointing came on me and I knew it was the Holy Ghost. I knew it was God. And what I did, I, I hesitated because it's that fear. I hesitated because I don't like to be seen. I like to just sit. And it's a responsibility when you're operating in the gifts of the spirit. It's a responsibility when you have a public platform. It is a responsibility and it should not be taken lightly because you know we can hurt people if, we, if we're wrong. We can hurt people if we are right but maybe say it the wrong way. We can hurt people. And that's a big responsibility. That's why the Bible says, don't put a novice in ministry because a novice, they don't know what they're doing. And if they haven't been trained and they're not submitted to authority, or if they're not ready, they can not only hurt themselves, but they can hurt other people. So I'm sitting there and I got the anointing on me. I knew what God was saying. I knew that I knew that I knew. No, no question about it. So Pastor Dave, he himself was operating in the gifts. And he was up at the front. And I know 
if if I had said I have something, he would have let me give it 100. percent And in, I, instead of doing that, I hesitated and I kept sitting there and sitting there and the sitting there, and then the service changed and the service you know went to another direction and then the service was over. I walked out of that service and I'm telling you, you talk about grieving the Holy, I grieved the Holy Spirit so bad because there was somebody in there that again, was either trying to get pregnant, couldn't get pregnant, was having miscarriages and God wanted to heal them. God wanted to bring them the desires of their heart. Let me tell you, I was, I, I don't know how to describe it, but I carried that chat. It was like a chastisement. I don't know for a long time. And I see even to this day, and that's, this was years and years and years ago. It still comes up when I, when I teach on the Holy Spirit, he can be grieved. I grieved the Holy Spirit that day, grieved him. And it was not a good thing anyway. So how can he be grieved? He can be grieved through bitterness, strife, rebellion in the church. All these things grieve the Holy Spirit. It also hinders him from flowing through you and also in the church. It says here um, in Ephesians 4, 30 through 32, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were called or sealed for the day of redemption. And then he says, well, how do you not grieve the Holy Spirit? Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And then he said, now be kind and tenderhearted one to another, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has forgiven you. So there's two things here. Number one, if you have bitterness, resentment, clamor, you're talking evil about somebody or something, you're grieving the Holy Spirit who's on the inside and he doesn't like it. He likes to dwell where there's love. I mean, he dwells with us. He's in us, he didn't leave, but he likes to, he, he feels comfortable where there's love and peace and joy. And when we start talking evil or we start doing things, we get bitter, we get angry, you know, it just grieves the Holy Ghost. I've seen it over and over in my life. You know, if I'm, if I'm not right, and don't tell me because every single one of us have had times in our lives we're not right or we had a day that we're not right or whatever. We're going through something, we're not right. I mean, it hinders the work of God through me because I'm the vessel, you're the vessel. So it hinders the work of God through me, it grieves him. And so therefore he's not free to flow the way he wants to flow up out of me. Now, number two, if, and I've experienced this on the road, if there's strife in a church, evil speaking in a church, um, uh, clamor in a church, strife in and amongst the leadership team. I'm telling you, if I go in there to speak, it is so hard to minister. I can't even explain it. It's so hard. Or if before the service, this is something I learned by experience. If before the service, I'm confused, I can't get the message. I'm just confused. I got thoughts bombarding me. One day I said, God, what is that? He said, where there's strife, there's confusion and every evil work. He said, there's strife in this church. It's amazing, isn't it? So the Holy Spirit, if he's going to manifest, we've got to lay aside every weight. And all the sin and all this crap that would easily beset us, we've got to run the race. We have a job to do. And none of this is worth it. So we want the Holy Spirit to manifest, right? So we've got to, we've got to come up to his standards 
and do what he told us to do. And the basic bottom line is we're to walk in love, okay? Okay. Um, let me see. There's also rebellion can grieve him. Isaiah 63, 9 through 10. In all their affliction, he was afflicted. These guys were in rebellion and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. He bore them and carried them all the days of old. But what did they do? They rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. They rebelled against the Holy Spirit. They rebelled against the things of God and it grieved the Holy Spirit. So he turned himself against them as an enemy and he fought against them. He can be insulted. Um, Hebrews 10, 29, the Holy Spirit can be insulted. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the Spirit of grace? That word insulted in the Greek is E-N-U-B-R-I-Z-O and it means to speak or to treat with disrespect. See, that's why that song, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. And then, and then uh, Kim Walker goes on, we, uh, we are here, we honor you. You know, we honor the Holy Spirit. He just, he loves that atmosphere. It's a respect, it's an awe, it's an honor. And, and therefore, he responds to that, okay? He can be quenched. First Thessalonians 5.19 says, do not quench the spirit. That word quenched is the word used to put out a fire. What I did in that service at Faith Fellowship that day, I quenched the spirit. I kept pushing it down. I quenched that word of knowledge, putting it down. Why? Because I was self-absorbed. The more we look at ourselves, the more we become a crippled people. And so I quenched that. I kept pushing it down and pushing it down. Quenched is the word used to put out a fire or being put out. It is also used of the power of the fire being suppressed. He can be quenched by not yielding, which I did, or by wrong motives. I remember Kenneth E. Hagin saying, you know, he said, I'd rather have a little wildfire than no fire at all. <laughs> right? You know, if you make a mistake, you make a mistake. As long as you're like, you know, your heart's right and you want to meet the needs of the people, right? You know? So he says here in 1 Thessalonians 5.20, then he says, do not despise prophecies. Now, what was happening in, in the church at Thessalonica is they were rejecting prophecies and treating them as if they were worthless. It is implied that there was an arrogant, disdainful attitude. Right? So they were despising prophecies. Okay, next, he is orderly a gentleman, and he will not interrupt himself. I love this because this all foundational for when we get into teaching on the gifts. We are teaching on the gifts. It's just, this is the foundation. He is orderly, a gentleman, and he does not interrupt himself. 
Okay, 1 Corinthians 13, 5 says, um, love is not conceited, arrogant and inflated with pride. It is not rude. See, the scripture says, follow after love and desire spiritual gifts. It's love first, then you desire spiritual gifts. So when we're talking about love, he's saying, here's real, here's what love is. Love is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and it does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful and takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. So he is orderly, a gentleman. He does not interrupt himself. Love honors the other, honors God and honors the other person. It is not rude. It's rude to interrupt someone. It's rude to stand up and go, I got something from God. That's rude. Let the Bible says, let all things be done decently and in order. Some people say, well, you know, you know, God just made me do it. He made me do it. He just pushed me and made me do it. Now that wasn't God. That's not love. Love is not rude. Love doesn't push itself forward. That's the devil. Anything that's pushy, 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 that's either self-promotion. That yeah, I just heard the Lord say that's air. That's a person who's arrogant and inflated with pride. That's what the Holy Ghost just said to me just now. That's a person who's arrogant and inflated. He just he just made me do it. He's pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. Remember, God said a man's gift will make room for itself, and God's ultimately the one that does it. You know, pushing and pushing and pushing or saying, "Oh, the Holy Ghost just made me say it, made me do it." No, He didn't. The spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. We have a will. You know, it's just like when I sat in that service and, and I quenched the spirit. That was my will going, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. I'm kind of scared, self-absorbed, right? So anything that's pushy, pushy, pushy is not of the devil, okay? Or it's not of God, it's of the devil. First Corinthians 14, 26 through 33 and then 40. How is it then, brethren? When you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue. Whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Then he says, let all things done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be at least two or at the most three, each in turn, let one interpret. But if there's no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak and let others judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. You can hold it. You can hold it. And we'll, we'll talk, I'll say it right here, right now. You can hold it. How do you hold it? You, you, stay, you, you stay connected to the inside of you and you hold on to it. If you start think, 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 think. No, you got to stay connected. Stay, you, got, you can hold it. 
okay? If anything is revealed to another who sits by, let him first keep silent. But you all can prophesy one by one and all may learn and all be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints, let all things be done decently and in order. We're gonna explain all this as we move on. But my point in this, in this moment is that the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. I can't tell you how many times Pastor Dave would be preaching and the Holy Ghost would come on me and give me a word. At one time, he, the spirit gave me three words and, and I had the whole thing and I had to hold on to it. He preached, he preached, he preached, he's preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching. I'm sitting and I'm sitting. Let him first keep silent. If anything be revealed to him that sits by, let him hold him his peace. The spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. I'm sitting and I'm sitting and I'm sitting. I'm saying, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. You know, but it was fine because I've learned to just be at peace, you know? And then when the time was right, raise my hand, you know, discreetly. And then he let me give it. But something was revealed to me, but I waited. Okay, you understand? Okay, this, this is gonna be a great spot to, to conclude tonight. He desires to demonstrate himself. He, the Holy Spirit desires to demonstrate himself. Why? Again, to bring glory to Jesus. First Corinthians two, one through five. And I brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know, not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. And then he says, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The Holy Spirit wants to demonstrate. He, you know, He's, he's, a, he's an introvert, he's an extrovert, he's everything. And there's times he just wants to demonstrate himself. How's he gonna demonstrate through you and I, right? Through coming upon us, the power of the most high overshadowing us, okay? But he desires to demonstrate. And he demonstrates where there's love, where there's unity, where there's an openness to him, where there's obedience to him. And always remember, he only wants to, and desires to bring honor and glory to Jesus. So he desires to demonstrate himself. And we want more of that. I'll tell you what I've been believing for and believing and believing and believing. I'm believing God for more miracles, signs and wonders. And we'll talk more about it, that like the ministry of Catherine Coleman. One of my scriptures that I, I say a lot is Acts 10, 44. And that's the scripture that says, while Peter yet spake the word, he was preaching, right? Just preaching. The Holy Ghost fell on all them that heard the word, you know? And that's what used to happen in the ministry of Catherine Coleman. She'd be preaching and all of a sudden the gifts of the spirit would start to operate. Actually, we'll talk about this, the power gifts. People were healed, miracles happened people that were on their deathbed were restored and she had all she had to do was just call it out and the holy ghost just went into into the into the the, the auditoriums or wherever the people were and he was just the one doing the healing acts 10 44 that's what i desire i desire to see that and i'm gonna i believe we're gonna see it 
in the day and in the hour that we live in. I believe we're gonna see that. But we've got to believe for it, we've got to expect it, we've got to understand the operations and the manifestations of the spirit. This is the thing that Catherine Coleman had. She understood the Holy Spirit. That's why I believe we've been led to teach on the Holy Spirit before we even get into what the manifestations are, because she understood the Holy Spirit. She understood his gentleness and his wooing. And she, they would worship and worship and worship and worship. And then psh, the gifts would start manifesting. She knew that worship and praise opened up the door for an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to be honored. And therefore he would just begin to manifest himself. She understood that secret. And so I just believe God that we're gonna see that. I believe that we are, okay? Well, God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.